0: listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch TV and movies about how the real villain was capitalism all along. That is (laughs) almost
1: always what our movies are about. I'm I'm thinking about it now in like Empire Records, Mm -hmm. um, The Legend of Billie Jean, Mm -hmm. um, and they're the only movies we've
0: watched that I can remember. Gretchen Fox is the robber baron of uh, <laughs> Frogtown Hollow. They're so poor. They're like
1: Charlie Bucket poor. Yeah. I don't know what Charlie Bucket is. Um, From Willy Wonka. Charlie. Oh, Charlie
0: Bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A
1: child so poor, his last name is Bucket.
0: Yeah, no, this one I was really excited and also nervous about. Oh, I'm Jody. I'm Andrea. And you... You're Andrea, and we, yeah. we watched Emma Otter's Jug Band Christmas. We sure did. Um, I was texting with an old friend of mine earlier this week, um, and he had just found out what we were doing next week, and I, he said, I knew exactly what you were going to be doing And when you said it was your favorite Christmas movie, and I said, I have been preparing my whole life for this.
1: <laughs> it's funny, because I do love this movie, too, but I think you have a much more personal investment in it. It's... Um, all of the Muppet movies and specials are my favorite Muppet movie or special. Yeah. Um, this isn't the one I've watched the most. I've seen it a bunch. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. So um, it was interesting to revisit it. I mean, it's it's probably been a good 10 years
0: or more since wow. I've seen it. Um, yeah, this is the the. However, you know how everyone has the one Christmas movie that they watch every year. Like mm-hmm. this is has been mine since I was about five years old. Yeah, that's like I don't know that I've missed a year. I've made every partner I've ever had watch it with me. I've mm-hmm. I've ins- insisted on friends coming to my house to watch it with me. Like it's I own it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a DVD player, but I own it on DVD <laughs> just in case. Yeah, just in case.
1: Yeah, I um. um I think I think Home Alone might be my only – which I just realized I haven't watched this year for the – I'm, I'm going to do that as soon as we're done recording because this <laughs> is – I do watch it every, every year and I don't think I've missed a year. Um, but I think that's the only one. I have a bunch that I rotate through behind me um (laughs) listeners when we get that video patreon um i'm in the kitchen i'm in Fozzie bear's mom's kitchen um uh muppet family christmas is maybe my favorite of the like muppet specials like these the ones Mm. that aren't full-length movies um and that were that aired on tv rather than getting a theatrical release i think this one might be my favorite um but Emmett otter is is also i mean it's it's incredible
0: Yeah. The amount of emotion I have around this movie is actually making it hard for me to even know what to say (laughs) because so, well, actually I I was thinking about this and I was thinking that maybe what we should do is start with sort of each of our relationship to the Muppets in general, like what Muppet properties are the most important to us, like how we grew up with them or did or didn't or whatever, like just to establish like where we come from with this. Um, I don't know if you want to Because I know that you are a Muppet person. Um, I'm a Muppet obsessive. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: I know I say things like what I'm about to say a lot. But it's like the Muppets are more important to me than just about anything else. And again, I know that if you listen back on the show, like you can hear me saying that about a lot of things. But I think the Muppets have probably been with me the longest. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember a time when I didn't love the muppets. I love they've just always felt in the same way that most of the things I say this about where it's like pee we always felt like a safe place for weirdos. The muppets always mm-hmm. did chew but the muppets have always felt really yeah. sweet and loving to me in a way that some of the other yes. like Pete and Pete I talk about a lot. I love Pete and Pete. I don't know that it feels like safe and sweet in the same way that like the muppets do. Like think like Gonzo singing I'm going to go back there. Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh. Here she goes. We're five minutes <laughs> in. Oh wow! I thought I was going to be first. <laughs> well, this is what I—I I, just—I love—I love them so much. Um, and and I'm kind of—I'm not even very discerning. Like I loved Muppet Babies mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Um, I really liked the new show. I really liked Muppet um, mm. Muppets Mayhem a lot. Like I just—it's I, hard for me to be critical. Did about you the watch? Muppets.
0: Yeah. Did you watch the Muppet Show when it was on originally? Well, like, I wasn't born when it original- was on. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but but I, know. I watched it as it aired
1: otherwise and as soon as um okay. I could own it, I did. Um so I know the yeah. the the series backwards and forwards. Um it's, you know, The Muppet Movie yeah. is one of my favorite movies. Um I've watched it a yeah. bazillion times
0: yeah and as many times as i've seen this movie there was a lot of background that i didn't know like Mm -hmm. this movie we talked our our little log line when we started doing movies in the first place was like movies that are basically our pop culture dna and Mm -hmm. and how we got to be who we are and we've talked about a lot of the movies that for me were like my teenage pop culture dna if you like open up my my body like if you did an autopsy Mm -hmm. like this movie would live inside of of my body like Mm -hmm. I have seen it so many times I we had cable when I was really really young because my dad was obsessed with sports and so he just like paid for all the cable channels even though we really couldn't afford it and so Mm -hmm. I had HBO when I was really really little and so I saw this Maybe the year it came out, maybe the year after. Like mm-hmm. I was born in seventy five. This came out in seventy seven. Like right. I feel like I saw it when I was about three. Like, right. well, I think and just never stopped seeing it every year.
1: Right, because I think its first year, it's it's weird to think of it as a an HBO special. I know it was yeah. like it got a can a release in Canada first, and then the next year it came mm-hmm. to HBO. Um, and I grew up. I don't know how much we've talked about on this show but i grew up with my grandparents um i i lived with them and my mom Mm. too but um point being for some reason my grandmother was obsessed with tv and with movies in a way that is surprising for someone who was in her like she you know i don't i don't know maybe not maybe not but like she we had Two VCRs in every room that had a television so that we could (laughs) steal movies from Blockbuster. She taped everything on HBO. I don't think that's typical,
0: to be honest. Um, We had,
1: like—well, the thing I'm about to say really isn't typical. She had bookshelves full of um, binders that listed—all the VHS tapes were numbered, and because she would just tape— like she would go through the TV guide every week and circle the movies she wanted to tape and the TV shows that she wanted to tape. So all of our VHS tapes had numbers and then you could cross-reference the number with the um, with the binder. I kept wanting to say bulletin. Um, my brain was so close to the right word to see what was on it. Um, and so... So you lived um, in a video store. I kind of lived in a video store. Like we had... It yeah. was crazy how... That just became her hobby. Um, yeah. And I say all that to say, like, anything that aired on HBO from the time v- VCR was invented, we had recorded. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This So I, it was played on HBO the first couple of years. And then it moved to ABC mm-hmm. um, in, like, 1980. But this was the only thing I watched every single year. I would watch, That's... like, you know, the Snoopy thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and christmas movies but this was this and like the claymation stuff that was on abc were the two of course yeah that really were a part of my childhood i like have a very vivid memory of like sitting on the floor of the living room watching this with my parents and like you know i mean we'll talk i'm sure quite a bit about the music in this movie Mm -hmm. but that's what did it for me Mm -hmm. you know i was a kid that loved music and oh my god like Fucking Paul Williams, man, he's unreal. He's just—I've got a lot to say about the music. I I can't get over it, even last night. So, um, so we both rewatched this, obviously, to talk about it. Um, I rewatched it last night with a friend of mine who'd never seen this movie, which was a dicey proposition. Well, because a little nervous.
1: I haven't told you this yet, but I told one of my friends we were watching this. Um, who she's Mm -hmm. also a huge Muppets fan. And she was like, man, that movie is too sad now. She was, I think she said it's like a slog to get through it because it's just about, it's not just,
0: but it is hard. Disagree.
1: But it is very much about a poor family really struggling, which that, I mean, it's true. Um, yeah. And so, but I wonder if, but they have love that keeps you (laughs) warm at night. (laughs) Um, but, uh, There are hardwood floors in this room with no rugs, and my dog is making so much noise. Um, (laughs) And so I wonder if – you like, did your friend – how did your friend feel about this
0: movie? She loved it. She found it incredibly charming. She loved the music. She did not have – from what I could tell, I mean, I think she probably would have hit it if she had any real negative reactions to it. You but... were staring
1: at her unblinkingly for yes. 53 minutes. Yes. So
0: it's yes. hard to say for Checking sure. Checking her reactions to everything. <laughs> no, what I was doing was I was sitting across the living room bouncing in my chair to the music and, like, singing along. Um, no, she seemed to really love it. And, like, you know, she works with kids. So I mm-hmm. feel like she kind of – and, like, you know – thinks a lot about children's media Mm -hmm. and stories. So I think she was the right person if I was going to have someone over that hadn't seen it. um, She was the right person to watch it with because she really did find it delightful. Um, Like, I get it. I mean, you know, I read an article when I was doing some research about this by someone who had lost their father and it changed everything for them about watching this movie because Mm -hmm. of you know, Pa Mm honor not being around anymore. And like, I've Mm -hmm. lost my father. I don't know what it is about the magic of this movie. I cannot have negative feelings about it. (laughs) I can't, I cannot find it slow or sad or any of that. I find it just magical and delightful and perfect in every way.
1: Yeah. I, um, I think I can, I understand that
0: that's not a reasonable (laughs) thing.
1: (laughs) again i love this movie i think it's very sweet i'm also delighted by it i think one of i think what is so fun to me is to see something that in a lot of ways isn't a stereotypical muppet movie Mm -hmm. but still has so much like i i don't know muppet like essence running through it anyway let's so okay yeah we should do two things one we should recap <laughs> the movie probably and then the other thing is i want to talk about its origins because i think they're really interesting yeah in terms of and and sort of the muppet canon up to this point yeah um so should we do that now sure you're the one doing the recap go for it i, I am the one doing the recap
0: uh um, <laughs> don't get it wrong the podcast <laughs> is over
1: Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is a movie about Emmett and Ma Otter who are struggling to make ends meet in Water... Waterville?
0: <laughs> well, they're technically in Frogtown Hollow.
1: Frogtown Hollow, you're right.
0: Um, neighboring Waterville.
1: Neighboring Waterville, you're so right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll try not to correct you. With this whole the, No, please do. Um, <laughs> the movie... I'm trying to decide if we let's save kermit we'll just talk about the center yeah. of this movie yeah um so ma and Emmett otter are like i said struggling to make ends meet ma does like she has like a laundry business mm-hmm. um which relies heavily on her washtub and <laughs> um and Emmett does, like, odd jobs around town for for a quarter here and there when he can. Kind of poorly, um, it seems. Yeah. Um, in fact, one job where Ma thought he made money, it turns out he was fixing stairs that he, in fact, broke. Um, yeah. So we we meet the two of them. They, they have a very sweet relationship. They spend most of their time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point when... Emmett is hanging out with some friends and Ma is hanging out with some people. They both find out separately, right. That there is going to be a like talent contest in mm-hmm. town. The prize for which is 50 bucks,
0: $50, yeah.
1: <laughs> which Emmett decides he wants to use to buy Ma a piano. Cause he'd never gotten her a real gift. Um, and she decides she's going to win and buy. Cause they're both very musical. Um, She's gonna win and buy Emmett the guitar that he's had his eye on. It's got mother of pearl inlays yeah, and mother it's of pearl
0: inlays, man. Forty bucks, um, which but, I think today's in today's math is like two hundred and something dollars. Okay, so it's, I mean, it's for, you know, for a poor family, that's a pretty big Christmas present. Exactly, um,
1: and, but yeah, here comes here comes the issue is, Emmett. They, Emmett and his buddies decide they're going to start a jug band. Emmett's going to play the washboard bass or the wash tub bass, mm-hmm. um, and to do that, he needs to put a hole in Ma's wash tub.
0: Can't put a hole in that wash
1: tub. <laughs> and Ma decides she needs something nice to wear. She doesn't have <laughs> anything nice to wear, so she sells the tool chest. -hmm. The puzzle tool chest, puzzle tool chest that Emmett uses to do those odd jobs around town. Mm -hmm. So now it's high stakes. Yep, one of them at least has to win. Got to win, or or they're both. I mean, what are they going to do? But Pa Um, would take a risk. Pa would take a risk. Mm -hmm. Although, (laughs) you know, it is. It's it's so funny. So. Um, also running parallel to this is there are these, these (laughs) hoodlums from Riverbottom who (laughs) are just, they're hooligans. They're just kind of around to stir up trouble. Mm -hmm. They, they're the most Muppety. They're my favorite part of this movie. They're so, there's a Chuck who I've always thought was a bear. He is a stoat. stoat. I learned that this week. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, uh. Who else is in the in the gang? Jody, I got him. It's Chuck Stout, Stanley Weasel, yeah. Fred Lizard, Howard Snake, and Catfish. I'm looking at the <laughs> I pulled up the um uh Muppet Wiki. And it says it's the band members include Chuck Stone on keyboards, I'm giving something away, Stanley Weasel on guitar, Fred Lizard on drums, Howard Snake on bass, catfish for visual interest. Amazing. So Amazing. So the band um, Catfish the go-go dancer. I mean, so the group of um of the, these hooligans have just been around town causing trouble. Mm-hmm. They're not They're even from, from River town. Bottom. They're from you know. River Bottom. Yeah. They're just coming in to Sounds tr- like a trouble. little wrong
0: side of the tracks kind of thing. A little bit.
1: Yeah. I'd be interested to see this movie from their point of view. Um and they surprise also enter the contest. hmm
0: So Ma sings turns a out be- they spend a lot of time practicing, it seems.
1: Yeah, because Ma sings a beautiful song. The oh the um the jug band has a song planned barbecue, and it turns mm-hmm. out right before them some some little I don't even know what he is. Um,
0: I want to say he's a gopher, but I could be wrong. He's like some kind of
1: muskrat. What do you call all those? Uh, mustelid? I have no idea. I think that's right. Yeah, mustelid. He's some kind of mustelid. <laughs> it's a diverse family of carnivorous mammals, including weasels, badgers, otters, martens, and wolverines. He's something like that. Um, and... So um, they can't do that song. They have to pivot and they do this other song, Brothers, which I much prefer. Um, I think they're both perfect. um, I I get every song in this movie is perfect. That's just Brothers is my favorite, I think. Um, And then uh, Last Minute Entry, the Riverbottom Nightmare Band, and they rock the house.
0: Yeah, upsettingly, the down.
1: their win is earned. Like mm-hmm. they 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 really crush it. They um, really do. And Ma and Emmett Otter lose. They they lose. Yep. No wash bin. No no wash bucket. Whatever. No <laughs> wash th- up. Wash tub. No tool. No chest. No hold the wash up, Andrea. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Forgive me. Um, hm. No tool chest. And then nope. they. Fucked it all up. They fucked it all up. But they you know, but they don't feel bad about it because they've got love in their heart and they did what they yeah. thought that Pa would do. And Ma realizes that the song she was singing and the boys' song work better together. And so they're all singing it together, um, which I really love. And it does, as you're listening to it, you're like, oh, these were both halves of songs. Like they weren't, you don't really realize it when they're singing them, but obviously yeah. they've been written to be performed together, right? Um and that's when the mayor, or he's not the mayor, right? He's the owner of the Doc Bullfrog. Doc Bullfrog is the owner of the um, restaurant the in Riverside town. Riverside Rest, and he um, uh, comes out and hears them along with the other judges, who said the, they didn't win because they were great, but they just needed a little extra something. That little extra something was bringing the two songs together. They get offered a gig playing music at the mm-hmm. at the restaurant. The Riverside and Ma-
0: Rest.
1: <laughs> the Riverside Rest. And <laughs> Ma says, uh, it's regular work, get regular pay, which mm-hmm. I really, really liked. Got a check. Um, that's right. She's good a good practical lady. Hell yeah. Um, and the movie ends with them. I, the, the movie basically ends with them playing at the restaurant on Christmas Eve. And eating mashed potatoes. <laughs> that's right. Do they have mashed potatoes? You got um... mashed potatoes. <laughs> and that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on when you found it and where, you might have um, Kermit the Frog opening and closing it. And also, and or, not and or, and sometimes you might also have him narrating throughout. Um, There's like a a really
0: yeah.
1: For a while there, there was a
0: version that Doc Bullfrog introduced. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember that version. Interesting. It wasn't the one that I saw last night when I watched it, but um, yeah, yeah, for a while there. Amazon
1: Prime has it's all it's all as far as i know
0: um it's all back yeah i think it's back to the original with kermit on a bike which <laughs> although i
1: think the kermit it like narrations in the middle were i think the original original airing didn't have those because originally it was on hbo so it didn't have commercial breaks something right. i was reading so he's there to like reset the scene. at different moments where it fades out where it wouldn't have just that first like year or two um i could be wrong about that but but i i think i read that I somewhere have
0: the, yeah i have the muppet wiki um that goes into all the different edits uh-huh um it's very detailed yeah well
1: it's because <laughs> and it's it talks so about... different like
0: it yeah, changed a lot yeah so basically in the original version didn't have kermit's narration but it i think it was introduced by him so and you then get 1980, kermit
1: on the bike yeah which is my favorite thing is kermit on a bike
0: i mean how could it not be but in mm-hmm. 1980 they aired it on abc and so in this edit kermit's narration was added i think because of the commercial breaks and then there was another edit on in 96 they took out his narration and then in 2005 when they released the collector's edition dvd which is the one that i bought the kermit the frog stuff was removed because disney had the rights to kermit this just made me mad at disney it's all so convoluted i know And then it was another version that came out when it aired on ABC Family in 2015. So, like, if you're curious, we can link to this. There is literally a comparison table.
1: Oh, of which – how much Kermit is in So, the
0: bicycle scene was in everything but the collector's edition DVD. The narration was in only the, like, 1980s ABC airings. Like, it just – it has literally, like, what is in what – version as a chart it's incredibly incredibly detailed yeah the talent show scene in and of itself is like one of my favorite things that's ever existed um so should we squirrels (laughs) just like spinning around the flying squirrels so good uh um so should we talk a little background before we you know go any further because it is interesting the way this got put together
1: yeah it's um, super early in the well, it's pretty early in the Muppets history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's between seasons one and two of the show. Yep, it's before the Muppet movie. Yep. Um, it's also so previous to this. The only two like made I'm saying major major <laughs> comparatively releases that they'd done were Hey Cinderella, and um. The Frog Prince, mm. which I, The Frog Prince is one of my favorites. I love it so much. Emma uh, Otter is based on a book, Emma Otter's yeah. Jug Band Christmas, which I've never, I, I've known that for a long time, Yeah, um, and I've always kind of chalked that up to being why it feels so different, like the characters mm. look exactly like they do in the book. What mm-hmm. I didn't know um, until today as I was looking into the book is that it's by the couple who did the Francis books, which I love. Yeah. Like Bedtime yeah. for Francis and, um, yep. uh, oh
0: my yeah, God. it's Lillian and Russell, uh, Hol- oh. Hoban. Hoban, yeah. Um, they were, he was born in Pennsylvania to Ukrainian Jewish immigrants. Lansdowne. Um, and he, yeah, and so he did the right, he wrote the story and Lillian did the illustrations. Somebody gave me, I think my friend Rachel gave me a copy of that book for Christmas one year. Aww. It's really adorable. Um, yeah, the illustration, but yeah.
1: I'm, I loved, loved, loved the Francis books when I was a kid. So it's weird that I didn't, I never knew that. Um.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I read that, um, so the book was written in 1971 or published, excuse me, in 1971. And it was like, they were in the middle of a divorce when it got published, Yikes! which is kind of sad. <laughs> it's are rumors. Yeah. But so Jerry Joel wrote the, adapted it for the film. It sounds like it was like a 12 day shoot. It sounds like it was crazy but an utter delight
1: i can't believe they did this in 12 days i know 11 of them were takes out front of the music store
0: yeah from the drum (laughs) did you i didn't know this i knew about the obviously i'd seen the bloopers a million times but apparently the reason that he was so insistent on trying to get it right was because when they did it in rehearsal it landed absolutely perfectly perfectly yeah but they weren't recording Uh uh-huh and so he was determined he to was get He was like, I right. know, I know that he knows, it can do it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that
1: sort of loopiness, when you get to that point, is so yeah. fun.
0: It's just so... That's what I mean. Like... I feel like... So I have this... Um, I have this quote from Paul Williams um, when he says... So because Paul Williams, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about him, but this was... He had... Been a guest on the Muppet Show, um and this was his first sort of time fully working on a project with Jim Henson. And he says, "When I walked onto that soundstage in London, and it was like, oh my god, I found my tribe." recalls Williams, mm-hmm. eighty two of his first encounter with Henson and other collaborators. It just the way that he talks about that, the way that everybody talks about I the know, environment and I that know. group of people, it's like amazing. He said, it's like a family. I managed to stumble into the sweetest bunch of people ever. Both the furry felt ones and the voices and hands behind them are just the nicest people I've ever worked with.
1: That's so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean about it being a little different from the other things that are so important to me. Like it is everything about the Muppets are weird and so unique and so strange and so like celebratory of that fact. And then also they're just... There's just so much heart and, and so yeah. much love.
0: When you were talking earlier about how this is adjacent to the type of Muppet content or whatever you want to call it that we're used to, I think it's because when I think of like the Muppet Show and I think of the Muppet movie and all of that, there's heart there, but it's like heavy, heavy, heavy on the hijinks, yeah. right? The like, so hijinks zany. are really important, mm-hmm. and there's hijinks in this, but they're mm-hmm. not the prior They're not like the in the front, you know? They're not front and center it's
1: also that ma and Emmett have the sweetest faces
0: yeah and i love the muppets
1: but name one with a sweet face yeah there aren't any ralph ralph is perfect
0: but i'm gonna cry just thinking about ralph but um, he
1: doesn't look like a like a little critter that you want to scoosh his little
0: yeah 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 frank Oz, when he t- when he was talking about this specific thing he said it's a chancy thing that jim always did which is take a chance on real purity and sweetness we didn't mm-hmm. want clawing we don't like cute but sweet is legitimate yeah and Jim yeah just went for
1: it that's what's really incredible about this too is it's it's other than when they when the, that little speech at the end sort of is a little um pat for me when she's saying like I, I you know I should feel sad but I feel pretty good like they're yeah. like that's a little bit I'm like yeah but you guys are kind of screwed so it's okay and there are moments in the movie where another movie wouldn't do what this movie does where like um uh, the scene where they go uh, sliding mm-hmm. um, and he says Emmett says something I'm sure you'll know Emmett says something <laughs> about um, Pa left us something, whatever, and Ma says, well, he left what he could or something like that. She, like, doesn't let him get overblown with it. I forget exactly what she says. But there are a couple of times where she checks the, like, kind of, like, romanticizing of memory about Pa in a way that is, like, pretty grounded and where other movies like this wouldn't necessarily do. And I think that's what stops it from being too saccharine.
0: Um, Yeah. And, I mean, you could say that, like, her reaction at the end when they've lost... You know the the wash tub and the tool chest is um, maybe unrealistic, but also I think it fits with her character, which is very balanced mm-hmm. for the most part. Like she's nervous about stuff, but she also seems to be pretty steady.
1: That scene when she you're, first gets you're very to... nervous. <laughs> I I think that's my biggest laugh. It's so the the delivery of that is so good. <laughs> You're terribly nervous. (laughs) Yeah, who she like pops back out to say that? Yeah, it's really, really, really good.
0: I I just posted that on Instagram like an hour ago.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's another um, thing that makes it is a little strange, and it always catches me every time I watch this movie to hear just a regular ass person's voice come out of a muppet like she's not doing a voice that's just how that mm. right or maybe i mean maybe she is actually but she's no, not she doing actually so
0: but she's not yeah. doing a
1: muppet voice
0: right but she did work with jim henson on because she's from new york um uh, the right. person who is uh, ma in the movie is marilyn sokol and she's from new york and so she did work with jim henson on getting like sort of a different dialect
1: right so she's doing like a dialect or an accent but she's not doing a like a character voice in the same way that like Frank Oz is or, or yeah. Dave Gold. Yeah.
0: We should talk a little bit about who's who, because I think it's interesting to think because, it, you know, in in Henson world, people come back over and over again and play some of our favorites. So we've got Jerry Nelson as Emmett Otter, mm-hmm. Duck Bullfrog, Melissa Rabbit, uh, the Weasel. I'm not sure which Weasel and Yancy mm-hmm. Woodchuck. We've got Frank Oz as Chuck, but he also, did you read about this? The way that Ma Otter was done?
1: Yeah, because, well, cause you, he's voicing her in the, in the outtakes. So you yes. do hear his, yes. what his mob would have sounded like.
0: Yeah. So he apparently recorded all of Ma's uh, dialogue and then basically it was re- replaced by Marilyn Sokol her singing voice in this is just so beautiful yeah it's it's it is
1: really beautiful
0: and then dave goals who ends up playing gonzo is wendell i just love love maybe my favorite character in this yeah there was an interview with him when he was talking about playing wendell where he said um he'd only done one season on the muppet show and was kind of a beginner um and then he there's apparently there's like some, some behind the scenes. He said, you know, Wendell had a crush on Emmett's mother. He just loved her and he wanted to spend time with her. And it was all kinds of strange. But that was just off camera. <laughs> so there's like a whole off camera plot line that he's invented that Wendell was in love with. Uh, is... Ma Otter. <laughs> oh, God. Which when you think about when you go back and now like watch the movie next time, like I think you can see it. Yeah, I, I think there's a vibe.
1: I feel like that feels that feels true to me. Yeah, that's so he also funny. the catfish. That that makes me really, that that makes me really happy. the The catfish is so funny because he starts out and he's in a like, there's just like a pool for him in the back of Chuck's car. And then when they show up on the yep. snowmobiles and he's on the he's in a bucket yep. on little skis. Yep, it's really really yep. good. And then when they're and then on he's stage, in a tank when they're
0: on stage, visual interest. Yeah.
1: There's a did you read this um oral history on sci-fi.com from earlier this year that was published? Yeah. Um there's some there's some mm-hmm. fun stuff in here. It's just from a, a couple of weeks ago, not even ten days ago. Um and uh Goals talks about uh working the catfish and uh He says, I'm going to read a little bit from here. A lot of the things that were built were standard puppets. Catfish was easy. We worked with a rubber glove inside the fish that was glued to the bucket that he lived in. And when the Riverbottom band was playing in the show, my fish was in a clear plastic cylinder, a big tank. I was sitting on a chair on a forklift truck behind it, all blacked out. And I was working through a black curtain. It was a scuba glove glued into the tank so that I could put my arm into the scuba glove. Um, and somebody out in front would put the catfish on me. But I was trapped. I was just sitting there with my arm glued to this tank wondering what would happen if somebody came along and accidentally <laughs> let the forklift truck go down. If that went down, my arm would have just been severed at the shoulder. I was a little worried about that. I kept saying, who's working the forklift truck? Don't do anything. It just the, the, the history of the muppet performers being shoved into precarious positions to get the shot i just feel like there's so many stories oh my and god so many pictures of them with like their head turned at like a i don't know yep. 90 degree 90 degree angle 45 whatever i don't do math um angle like <laughs> hunched up under something with their arm up over their head and it's it's amazing
0: those bloopers that we love so much, right like that's that's Frank Oz and Jerry Nelson under there that entire time. So, like in the bloopers, when Ma like falls over, it's literally <laughs> Frank Oz just being like, "My fucking arm, you guys!"
1: Like, um, come on. I guess we're kind of assuming that everybody just knows how what a Muppet stage typically looks like, and maybe they don't. But typically, well, I think we should
0: we should talk a little bit about the technical yeah. in this movie because it's not just a typical Muppet stage no. either. Like this was when they like tried a bunch of stuff that they hadn't mm-hmm. done before. Yeah. It's cool. It seems like yeah, everything
1: from like working with Paul Williams to some of the more ambitious stuff they did here. It seems like, um, Jim Henson was using this to try to test a lot of things to see if they would work for the Muppets
0: friend, yeah. like
1: the family of Muppet movies, like whatever going forward. Um,
0: This This is the first time that we saw their feet,
1: for the most part. (laughs) Which (sighs) don't you criticize the way their feet move? (laughs) It doesn't matter, is what I'm going to say. Is they look when you see their little legs going? It looks crazy. It does, and not only. I was going to say it's not that it doesn't matter. It's that it's. So good, like it looks crazy, and I love it. And I think they know; yeah. they know that looks. They, they do, had, though. they ha- and they had to have known at the time too. Um, I oh, just, yeah. I, I think, I just think Jim loved because some of the, some of the stuff that they do just feels like this is just somebody who loves making movies and figuring out wait Like it, like the the way they do, for example, the marionettes where um they would film the scene and then w- wipe the mm-hmm. the top out and just replace it with that scenery but without the like bridge built in yeah. um it's something like a high schooler could do yeah. like it just is like a fu- it just seems like well this is a fun way to do this and like their little legs look crazy but i love something that i've always really loved about the muppets is that like they have never pretended like there weren't people working really hard to bring the muppets to life yeah. and that the the performers are as much, are often as much a part of the history of the Muppets as anything else. And that's so different from, like, uh, Disney, you know, like, the Disney Park characters, right? You'll never mm. see them. You'll, you, like...
0: Yeah. It, yeah, there's, no, you're totally right. Like, they're not allowed to to take their heads off ever, right? right. And le- meanwhile, there's a million pictures out there of, like, Frank Oz with his hand up a puppet, like standing next to a stage like there's no they're not trying to create any like they're trying to create an illusion in the film but they're not right perpetuating this idea that like this isn't people making this. right right
1: yeah I think the only thing and I don't know if I, I don't I actually don't know why I think I'd, I'm sure that they've said this million is that like you'll never see a Muppet just like flopped over anywhere yeah. like yeah. that's the, that and that's the thing where it's like you know with with the Disney parks, it's like, oh, we don't want to break the magic for the kids and fine, whatever. But I really love that the Muppets are like, no, it's not, it's not that we want to, like, trick children into thinking the Muppets are... That there isn't, like, a lot of work that goes into it. Like, I don't know. There's something... It's think,
0: different. This is going to sound fully crazy, but I think that to the people that worked on these shows, and I'm obviously speaking for people that I don't know at all, but I think to them, the Muppets are real. Right. And yeah. so why would you see one sort of flopped over like
1: the Muppets are real but what helps to make them real are the people who
0: yeah yeah like if you've ever talked to anyone who has worked like a a human that has worked with Muppets in Mm -hmm. any sort of entertainment they always say that like you literally forget that there's a person there (laughs) instantly Mm -hmm. I was talking I was not talking I was listening to somebody I can't I wish I could remember who this was a comedian who had met Fozzie Bear (laughs) At, like, some sort of interview situation. uh uh-huh. And literally, he's... I will... I, I'll see if I can remember who this was. But basically, he said that he immediately, like, forgot there was a person involved and started telling Fozzie Bear how much he meant to him as a comedian. I, I just...
1: I would do the same... I know I yeah. would do the same thing. It would be so easy. For, and I think part of that is that I wouldn't be su- surprised to see... The like if I were I've had on my vision board for left of the dial or music, the studio portion yeah. on my vision board has been to get um, the to get uh, the mayhem specifically mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem in the studio. Yeah. Um, and let's just say in some alternate universe that were to happen. I think the reason it would be so easy for me to like like forget that there was somebody there animating those those Muppets is because it wouldn't be a shock to see them there because we're so we're so used to it
0: yeah yeah totally um there were a number of things they did differently on this production Uh, we talked about the marionettes and the like wiping of the background so you couldn't see the strings for the most part but also like this was the first time that their special effects designer had Rigged up, like, remote puppeteering, too. Yeah. So when they're on the rowboat.
1: Typically, when you see the Muppets, what you're seeing is a stage built up high yep. and then performers underneath. Yeah. And pulling out bits of the set and Ruining then coming up. Ruining their shoulders. Up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, they have that those incredible scenes with Ma and Emmett on the the river so yeah so the the like wider shots and stuff right are are remote
0: yeah so i don't know if i'm pronouncing this properly but faz fazakis um is the special effects designer and he created this mechanism that allowed for remote puppeteering so um as the boat was going by his puppeteer controlled him from solid ground like his mouth movements Mm -hmm. And he also rigged the rowboat to move with Emmett's paws. So they said when it appears that he's rowing the boat, the boat's actually rowing him.
1: Yeah, I like that there are a few Um, different um, moments like that. They also talk about um, opening the curtain at the talent mm -hmm. show. It's the same thing. It's the rope pulling the Muppet, not the Muppet pulling the rope.
0: Yep. Yeah, apparently um, Fazakas was a huge part of the Muppets and um, especially Fraggle Rock. It's also rumored that he was the namesake for Fozzie Bear, though that's never been confirmed. Oh, cute! What an amazing claim that would be. Yeah, to have someone like that named after you. I know. Oh my God, the dream. Um, this was his first. This was Jim Henson's first time using marionettes at all in his um, filmed programming. Hmm. <laughs>
1: It's so silly. There are <laughs> sometimes where their legs don't even move; they just kind of like glide <laughs> when they're
0: walking on the ice and flopping around. It's so good. It's the best. <laughs> it is
1: the best. Yeah, it makes me really, really, really happy to see them. Just
0: I was cackling last night when I was watching it with my friend. I was just like, I can't. Thank God she understands this type of humor and love for mm-hmm. this this generation kind of television. Of thing, yeah. She got it but
1: i also would have watched i i would love to think there are a million outtakes of them throwing those muppets down that slide
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i would kill to see that so good that's the only problem with the outtakes we do have is it makes me want all of the outtakes ever ever filmed for every muppet you know property ever
1: have you watched the ones for christmas carol yes those are good too but yeah. they're not it's just, it's just the two of them losing their, <laughs> sweet Jesus. <It's> like...
0: <laughs> My feet are stapled. <laughs> <I'm a what? laughs> Who are we, ma? <laughs> I, could I could care less. less. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, like, that's the thing. Frank Oz knew that his voice was never actually going to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yet he's ad-libbing every exactly. single moment just to crack everybody up they're
1: just when when somebody comes over to reset and he's one of them is like did you see that did you He's like just looking directly at them
0: yeah man oh
1: it's so good it's just so good
0: i feel like anybody that's worked in sort of like a collaborative artistic environment just seeing that you just get the like I mean, magic is an overused word, but what, how magical it must have been to be a part of that group of people mm-hmm. creating something in the way that they were doing it. Totally. Um, and there's still nothing like it. It's no. still, even
1: watching, like I said, I, I, I think, I think reviews have been pretty mixed on mayhem, uh, mm. Muppets mayhem, but I, I still think like even that, like, uh, there's just nobody, no. And, and I know it's, it's a it's like a whole new crew for the most part and but I yeah. don't
0: know well and it's the whole you know Jim Henson died in what 90 Muppet Christmas Carol came out in 92 and he was already gone then that was a Brian Henson and so you know I remember when Muppet Christmas Carol came out being like well this isn't the real thing right and I love Muppet Christmas Carol now mm-hmm. like I I I see it as part of that lineage but it You know, for those of us that grew up with like the Muppet show specifically Mm -hmm. and this movie, there is a roughness to the production that, like, Muppet Christmas Carol, I was watching it the other night and I was like, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like there's a lot of really bad, (laughs) but there are special effects, but it's better than. It's it's more ambitious than
1: though. I think Jim probably would have grown with it. He was of interested course. in
0: yeah, it. yeah. He was always trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's just a just a sort of such a deep appreciation for Jim Henson that it was always going to be hard after he passed for people to experience the work of the people that came after him in the same way and that's not fair to them no
1: no but I do think he it says a lot about the community that he built and the sort of like like I don't know uh, like if I don't know ethics isn't the right word because I have no idea but like the like spirit or whatever that was built into it that for the most part even if the stuff that came later has felt different for people and isn't quite the same. And and you can go back and watch The Muppet Show and it is a different thing. But then it's still like... There's still a lot to love in a lot of the later stuff. Definitely. Oh, my and God. Definitely. And it feels like it has... It comes from, like... It it shares a heart even if the execution isn't always exactly on.
0: Well, and I think it has something to do with... And I'm just... I'm kind of coming up with this off the top of my head. But so I found an article where Frank Oz talks about how he's not involved with anything Muppet related anymore because of Disney, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically just says, like, I'd love to do the Muppets again, but Disney doesn't want me. Um, God. And he said he doesn't watch either the Muppets or even Sesame Street today, citing the lack of heart in the characters. The soul's not there. The soul's what makes things grow and be funny. And I miss them and love them. And like... I both get that, and I also think that the people that are making Muppet stuff today are doing their damnedest to try mm-hmm. to keep that magic there. It's just, you know, the the capitalism is the villain, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> the Disney corporations, like, you know, corporate overlordness over it may have squished some of the magic out of it. hmm you know, he says there's an ability inability for corporate America to understand the value of something they bought. They never understood with us. It's not just about the puppets; it's about the performers who love right, each other and have right. worked together for many years. Totally. So that's kind of sad because Frank Oz is like such an original mm-hmm. part of this team. Mm-hmm. I found some really lovely quotes um, from Cheryl Henson, Jim's daughter. Mm -hmm. um and basically he never stopped being extremely proud of this movie like a lot of people when they get to be you know much more successful will look back on early stuff and right but this he was always super proud of this movie it won a couple well it won a cable ace award i think and was nominated for a bunch of primetime emmys that's cool yeah well deserved There's a couple of sort of current updates that we should probably just mention. I don't – I haven't seen any of the – so there's – what I'm trying to allude to is there's been a stage show.
1: Oh, right. Did you watch
0: any clips or anything? I cannot. There was a stage show in 2008 um, in Connecticut um, that was a partnership between the Jim Henson Company – And something called iTheatrics. And it's a mix of stage actors and puppets. Um, And it ran for on and off for a couple years. And then it was revived last year or this year. Um, And it's currently running in Chicago. And a friend of mine sent me stills of the performers from it. I can't do it. I can't. They're so fucking creepy. I don't want to see people in these roles. I just don't. I don't care. I understand like a new generation. The kids might like it. These are not supposed to be people. It's very
1: Zoobly Zoo. If, yes. Uh, it's yes. like that, that kind of like... I hate it. Alluding to the animals <laughs> where yeah. it's like a prosthetic nose and some face paint kind of thing. It's yeah, a little somebody said uncanny. it looked like they
0: had clown makeup on.
1: Yeah. It's... And I mean, again, like you said, maybe, maybe it works for some people. And maybe it's lovely. I don't know. I watched a, uh, just like a little trailer for... Um, I'm not sure which production. I don't know if it was Chicago or or what, but uh um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's currently in Chicago right now. I just I love the fact that this is getting love, that mm-hmm. this property still touches people's hearts and stuff. I just it's got to be puppets.
1: And I think and they worked with um uh, Henson yeah. Studios to remake the some of the puppets or some of the Muppets that they are using yeah I don't know if you can call them Muppets if it's not like
0: I mean they're made to be exact replicas replicas but um it just feels different I know the originals are in the Museum of the Moving Image Mm -hmm. um I've never been to go see them there but I literally saw a picture Of the puppet of Wendell, and I got super emotional. (laughs) I know.
1: I've never been, but anytime somebody I, like, follow on Instagram goes and shares pictures and stuff, I'm like, oh, God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. So there's the stage show, and I think part of the reason we kind of – we do need to talk a bit more about Paul Williams, I think. Um, But I think, you know, I'm using this as – the stage show as a segue here because I think the reason that people – find the material worthy of doing this with is a big part of it is the music right
1: um no christmas music nope which i kind of like that this Me is too. a christmas movie because it takes place over christmas but like
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah um This sort of, like you said, this was a little bit of a testing ground, right? For Paul Williams and Jim Henson working together, Mm -hmm. um, the next time they worked together was for the muppet movie mm-hmm. um, and you can feel i think a little bit of moving right along in in brothers, in brothers. i wrote the
1: same exact note yep. down a hundred percent that song feels like a precursor to moving right along yeah more than any other song in this movie that's that's the one that really you can really feel yeah there's also the the, the first <laughs> song in this
0: movie that's just about their fat <laughs> <That> otter gr- <laughs> So, I mentioned to you earlier that I listened to a podcast about this movie earlier today and I got angry uh, because they were turn. very critical of too many things in the plot. Uh-huh. One of the things they were critical of was that this song was was like fat shaming. <laughs> Content warning fat shaming. And fat phobic. Okay. And I'm like, okay, okay. Okay. I'm not I'm it's not my place to decide if that's actually true. But I don't know. I just yeah they were mad that they didn't take this song out of the stage show
1: what i was about to say about the song is that i it's so um he's having so much fun with the words and melody it's so playful and it's like chasing itself around and like I didn't even really, I never really thought about what the song was about until this time yeah. through because it's so just fun and silly. And it's all, it's so much more about like the, like the fun it's having rhyming with itself and mm-hmm. surprising the listener where you're not like quite sure which line is going where. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's so over the top. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, like they her one bathing suit after she dies goes on to make, and then they list like twelve
0: things. Like, yeah, we've made curtains and handkerchiefs and clothing for the poor. Poor, <laughs> come on, uh, yeah, it's great. It's just great. It's just it
1: yeah. is it is funny too because, like I said, this movie is very sweet and very earnest and. It's not cloying and it's not saccharine, but it is just so almost painfully earnest. Mm-hmm. But it opens with that song. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. It's watching this movie with the subtitles on, which is something I do now because I'm old, mm-hmm. is a very different experience. Because when I was a kid, I would try to like sing along to all the songs, that I definitely did not have all the words <laughs> right. And that song is one of them that I okay, just how didn't could you? fully get. Uh-huh. Yeah, until I started looking at the lyrics and I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it starts with this and then they start, they go into Eight and in a Hole in the Tub," and then When the River Meets the Sea, mm-hmm. which they sang at Jim Henson's
1: funeral. Yeah. Have you watched? I have. It is so, It. I mean, I watch it, I watch parts of it all the time. It, like, oh, do I need a good cry?
0: I mean, I I When I watched it today, I was kind of like, this is so dark. I was like, I kind of want someone to sing that on my funeral. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. No. That was a legitimate thought I had. I mean, it's
1: dark, but it's only Muppet dark. You know it's what I so mean? so beautiful. Because like, it's such a beautiful song.
0: Yeah. And then we get Barbecue, which is a <laughs> banger. It's a banger, but it is an
1: odd choice.
0: It's... There is
1: fucking great snow on the ground i love that it's like it's such a popular song in town that somebody else also yeah
0: oh everybody knows it's just it's
1: just a local
0: hit yeah yeah it is so funny um and then there's our world which to me is the sappiest yes um it is brothers which obviously you said it earlier. They were meant to be one song. Mm-hmm. He, Paul Williams wrote that as a song with two back and forth kind of con- uh, conversing parts mm-hmm. that he then took apart for the filming of the movie so that they would fit together like that. It's very cool. And then River, River Bottom Nightmare Band. <laughs> that song rules. rules.
1: It's so good. I love them. I love them so much. We don't brush our teeth. Because the toothache helps us stay mean. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Watching it with subtitles last night, um, when that comes on, it says... Did you watch it with subtitles? Uh, I didn't. I always do. That's so weird. It says something like, uh, a Jimi Hendrix sounding <laughs> song starts. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're just so cool. They're like little kid bad, you know, like Mm -hmm. driving around causing trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With their loud car with back, Mm -hmm. the backfires. Mm -hmm. It's so good. There's also, did you see the, uh, hear the lost song? I did. Yeah. If uh, I was born in a trunk, (laughs) apparently a reference to a Judy Garland song from a star is born. Oh,
1: that's really interesting cuz did you know Paul Williams wrote some of the music for the Streisand version of A Star is Born?
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's apparently a reference to that and it's sort of it's supposed to be like a body burlesque style song. They apparently used it in they he finished it for the stage show. And the whole thing is in it. And apparently because it's sung by the is she a muskrat or a weasel? It's sung by the some woman sort who... of mustelid yeah yeah right sure a word i knew before today <laughs> um it's sung by the lady that runs the music store and it, yeah. apparently in the stage show she kind of does a striptease which is a thing i don't really want to see a muppet do um, uh, i mean
1: that's so f- it's funny that they finished it because i watched it i watched paul williams talking about yeah, it it's on youtube yeah and he says like it wasn't finished uh because it was just supposed to be part of the talent show maybe one day i will finish it and i'll send it to liza Mm -hmm. minnelli um yeah apparently
0: that interview was a little while ago yeah it's funny because
1: i read about it first and then i went to youtube and i read the thing about it's supposed to be like a kind of body burlesque number Mm -hmm. but when it first starts it's really like uh, buttoned up yeah, if you will, yeah. and then it breaks out into this big body thing. Um, Pre Muppet striptease. Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Yeah, it, I, that song feels like you could see that being a number that either a Muppet or a guest on the Muppet Show would have done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, I so the one place that I lack in research is paul williams other work like i know obviously that he was involved with the muppets yeah um, well he had like forever. a
1: pretty but he also like wrote songs for the carpenters and three dog night right right um and and like i said the i don't know how many different versions of a stars board but it's like in, into every generation there's one you know yeah it's like one of those things and for streisand's version um, he wrote, I think all of the music for it,
0: but he also apparently wrote the lyrics to the opening theme for love boat. <laughs> <laughs> I did just learn that that was
1: the the rest of that stuff I've known, but mm. I either, I, I feel like, I mean, I, maybe I did know that at some point, it seems like something that wouldn't have gone under the radar for him. Like, I think maybe I just it's, knew and forgot, but, it's um, so funny. it's, that's really funny.
0: Yeah. He has had a very long and storied career he wrote Please. music for a musical production of happy days that debuted in 2007 apparently yeah that's a weird one right like he appeared as an animated version of himself in dexter's laboratory i don't remember that that was uh not one of my right we talked about that was a cartoon area that you weren't uh super involved in yeah yeah so when I was watching this last night with my friend, she was like, I feel like I've seen some of these characters here and there mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm-hmm. And one of the big places where that actually happens is during the Rainbow Connection finale in the Muppet movie. They're all so there. good.
1: It's They're so all good. there. I just, I mean, they had them. Yeah, You might not? as well use them. Yeah. They're also apparently in uh, some, like muppet show episodes (laughs) just without clothes just playing animals
0: which is also very funny yeah uh mayor fox's puppet was reused in several episodes um he was in the bob hope episode with unclothed versions of old lady possum james badger will possum george rabbit and Nat muskrat
1: i would argue those versions are the clothed versions and that a natural state of a muskrat (laughs) is unclothed
0: you know what i mean sure sure Um, yeah. Yeah. They, so they do appear now and then since they had those puppets. Um, yeah, I just can't, I can't find fault with any of this. I, I just, I'm continually delighted by it. I just, it's just a perfect Christmas movie to me, especially because it doesn't lay too heavy on the Christmas part, right? Mm -hmm. Like, theoretically, if you go all the way back in the tracing the story itself, you go to the original book from 71, which is actually based on loosely, extremely loosely, based on the ideas in O. Henry's Gift of the Magi. Yeah, I'd like to ask you about that. Okay. Because
1: you say loosely, and it is loosely, because... They do, don't you think, if there's any, I shouldn't say don't you think, I'm, that's leading the witness. <laughs> it seems to me that if there's an issue to be had in this movie, it's that Ma, I'm so afraid with you right here, it's that Ma sells her, I mean it's her ex-husband, or her Not ex husbands, her dead husband's tool chest. Yeah, but it's her son's tool chest, and her son sells her wash bin, wash Wash tub, tub. (laughs) wash tub. Why do I keep doing that? Um, And don't you think there's something?
0: (sighs) Are you going to say that she doesn't need new clothes for this? No, it's just that like that is something. Emmett have sold his
1: own tool chest if he needed. Although he didn't need money. Well, he's a child.
0: Also. Just,
1: they, but she... they Because ju- Gift of the Magi is I got rid of my prized possession to get you something nice. And this is I got rid of your most important possession <laughs> yeah, to get you actually, something
0: nice. But the story by O. Henry, it's actually closer than I think. No, because he sells his
1: watch to get her combs for her hair she sells her hair to get him a chain for his watch
0: right and so they're like kind of tied they're both tied to the other person i think but it's their prized possession it's a
1: sacrifice of something of theirs as opposed to something of the other person's
0: yes yes that is true um but i think because because emmet is a child
1: there's also the they they do this again in there's one of the sesame street christmas ones where Oh, I forget what it is exactly, but Bert and Ernie do it. Bert sells his paperclip collection. I don't remember exactly, but Mm. but it also happens in in Sesame Street. It's a tale as old as time. (laughs) Yes. I'm picking nits with that one, but... Yeah. But it is a little. I'm just like, I I don't know. I think if I were either one of them, it's mutually, you know what? It works out, though, because if I were either one of them, I would be annoyed. But I couldn't be because if I were either one of them, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because she says her um, confession always makes me laugh. There's something about the way she says that she sold the toolbox where mm. it's like she's just kind of like, well, better, better tell you now. Yeah. And then he's like, well, you can see what I did to your to wash your wash
0: tub. tub yeah one of the little details i really appreciate in this movie is how hard they tried to get the timing right on the music when they're moving the puppet's hands <laughs> on the on the bass. it actually is in time
1: yeah they're in general the muppet performers are really good about that
0: kind of thing yeah it's, really meticulous
1: we um we were just talking about this off mic. I don't know why I feel the need to say that whenever that's true. You guys don't know what we're talking <laughs> about off mic, but, um, within the last couple of years on left of the dial, I had, uh, Patrick Kotner, who is a comedy producer of very, who is the Chris Gethard show. And now he's a podcast booker and he does stuff for, um, a bunch of improv shows out in LA. And he worked with the George Lucas talk show forever. Um, and, uh, He's also a big Muppets fan, and he did Left of the Dial a little while ago, and we did the top his like top five or six um, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem performances, and we talked mm. a lot about like it is so impressive that like they somehow the Muppets are like pretty good musicians, yeah. weirdly, yeah. despite not having like um like uh, fingers finger articulation, like yeah, yeah it's really impressive it's just like it's really cool to watch because you could easily phone that in and nobody would care but it's but just another exactly
0: it's really there it's very cool it's it's just very cool I just want to I just want to give a shout out to Wendell here <laughs> I I fucking love that little idiot <laughs> they're really biting today <laughs> I, I don't know why. He's, I think, my favorite character in this whole thing. Like Emmett is a little bit of a annoying little guy sometimes. He's adorable, but like, I don't know. Wendell's the best.
1: Wendell is apparently, and you can hear it. I'm not saying apparently. This is an obvious thing once I say it. Um, was the inspiration for uh, Beauregard, the janitor at the Muppet Theater?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, kind of dim, but sweet. and Also, apparently in the story, in the book, he is a raccoon, not a porcupine. Oh. His little quills coming out of his jacket are one of my favorite things in this whole movie, so I'm really it's glad good. they made him a porcupine.
1: It's really, yeah, that's a very silly little detail.
0: Yeah, it's the best.
1: Have you ever been to... Um... Now this is just going to devolve into me talking about the Muppets more generally, but have you ever been to the uh, Muppets three d at Disney world? No. It's I think it's, yeah, it's still there. And it is one of those things where eventually they'll shut it down because there's no, maybe now there's more of a reason to keep it around, but it has just been around for ever. And it's, I've only been to Disney World twice. I went once in third grade and then again for my senior trip. And it was exactly the same both times. And in third grade and on my senior trip both times. So it's – you're in the Muppet Theater. Mm-hmm. You're watching a th- a screen. And then there's different 3D things. There are, like, bubbles that come out and all kinds of stuff. But then at the end, Sweetums, like, a full walk around Muppet comes <gasps> out. And both times I cried. Sweetums is my favorite. I love Sweetums. But, like, seeing – Because he's – because, like, other Muppets, like, if you see, like, Gonzo or something walking around, it's clearly someone in a costume. But because Sweetums is already a big walk-around Muppet, it was just like, there he is. There's the guy. So is he your favorite all-time Muppet? Gonzo is, but Sweetums is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's like my – it depends. It depends. But they're my two
0: favorites, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I've got Wendell, but I also have Rolf. Those are – I adore Those Rolf. are two
1: very good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those Rolf's are in my, if I had ones. to do a top 10, Rolf is 100% in my top 10. Yeah. He might be top five. Gonzo, Sweetums, Rolf. I mean, Gonzo is
0: in my top five as well. I, I would need some time. Kermit, of course. Weirdly enough, Kermit, I don't know if he cracks my top five. He's in the top 10. But I don't that's, know if he's in the top five. That's because
1: everybody, I think, is a Miss Piggy or a Kermit, and <laughs> you, you're you a Kermit. So it would make sense that he wouldn't be...
0: Okay. I thought you were going to say I was a Miss Piggy and I was no. about to quit this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And that's, so that's why it would make sense that then Kermit wouldn't be one of yours. Okay. You know? Miss okay. Piggy's not one of mine.
0: Okay. Because um, that's about but... to get real offended. <laughs> No, everybody's got. Yeah, I mean, animals in my top five. I know that that's like or of top course. six, maybe. That I know that's a cliche, but like, but he's I can't perfect. It. He's perfect. No, yeah, he's so good. Yeah, but Ralph, like the soul and the sweetness in that dog I is know. just too much. It's too he's... much. I was just watching. Which, speaking of something that doesn't really hold up, I was just watching the John Denver Muppet Christmas episode. From 1979. Oh, does, I haven't.
1: I mean, I've listened to the soundtrack a ton, but I haven't seen the original since I, mean,
0: parts of I it, was a kid. The interactions between him and the Muppets definitely hold up, but there's a lot more um, like Christian Christmas stuff in it than I remembered, oh. which I'm less inclined to be excited about. Um, But his interactions with picky are ridiculous. Oh, uh, hmm. But I loved those those other Christmas specials they did as well. They're so good. Next year we'll just do all um, we'll just do all Muppet specials. <laughs> I mean, I watched this year. I, I watched Muppet Christmas Carol yesterday. I watched Emma Otter today. I watched the John Denver one today. Like all in the past week or two. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know why. I, I think because my Christmas is kind of low key this year that I was like, I, I just need to like pump myself full of this like christmas nonsense spirit that makes sense well now that we've strayed from uh Emmett, we've actually kind of we- started to stray into what we were going to do for next week oh yeah how did we get here <laughs> i have no idea but we are next week going to do a little interlude between this and our return to yellow jackets mm-hmm. um which will be our sort of like best of twenty twenty three i I don't know if people like this kind of thing. I tend to I like to listen I to do. people's best of lists because then i I find things that i I missed mm-hmm. um so we're just gonna talk about our favorite t v shows and movies and podcasts um and like. You're going to talk about music. Mm-hmm. I am not going to try to recommend music because my taste is questionable.
1: But I think you saw more movies or more TV than I did this year. So you might take the lead on that one. I
0: am. Yeah, I am fully a TV show person, more mm-hmm. so than movies, anything else. Like I just, yeah. Um, And I some of the TV shows I think that I'm going to recommend, I have probably mentioned before on this podcast, but I would love to explain why I think that they were – they're worth going back for, mm-hmm. especially because um, we may have a slow content year coming up in 2024 in yeah. terms of, like, the the dead space from the strikes is kind of creeping towards us, mm-hmm. and all the stuff that is in production now is going to take a while to get to us. Exactly. So there's a lot of stuff you can look back on from this past year and, and get into.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. Um, if you have stuff you'd like to recommend to us and to your fellow listeners um, email us at um, WatchersPod at Gmail um, WatchersPodNJ
0: at Gmail?
1: I always do that at WatchersPodNJ at <laughs> com. or you can message us on Instagram. I'm not always great about checking those messages though. Um, I will eventually but I just I, I'm much more likely to see an email than an mm-hmm. Instagram message. Um,
0: yeah, I feel like this week is going to be pretty actually the reason i wanted to do this in the first place was because i was listening to a couple of other podcasts and their top five top 10 lists of the year Mm -hmm. and i have like now i have a list of movies pulled up that i'm probably going to watch this week while i have some downtime so it was like gave myself a little assignment based on Uh, some other podcasts that's fun i love that yeah so yeah so that's going to be next week we are done with our december run and then after that, we're going back to season one. We're kind of coming up almost on a year.
1: We're, I know. I mean, like, not almost.
0: Yeah. I know. It's nuts. I was reading off the movies we did last night to my friend who was over, and she was like, you guys have been busy. I'm like, "Yeah, I guess we have. <laughs> yeah. So. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
1: Quite the list. I'm going to try to time my season one Yellow Jackets rewatch with my original <laughs> season one Yellow Jackets <laughs> Well, when did watch? you have COVID? It's the first week of January, I think. Really? I think so. So yeah, so maybe I will try to time my... I mean, I'm going to have to because we're going to start pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just... Speaking of Yellow Jackets, um, there was an article in Variety about a week and a half ago that said that they're deep in the writing, which is not fast it, enough for me, but, you know. It's
1: exciting to know they're working on it. Yes. It is not what we planned when we started... The show, our show is
0: now a movie watch podcast where sometimes we cover Yellow Jackets. I know. I know. They don't have a date yet for when filming is going to start. So we've got a ways to go. We'll stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow Jackets season three production status. Nothing yet. So next week will be our recap.
1: And then we'll remind everybody. And then the week after that, we'll be Yellow Jackets season one, episode one.
0: Yeah, the pilot. Hell yeah. Great fucking pilot. I'm really
1: excited. I'm really excited to go back and be able to talk about all of that with the knowledge of season
0: two. And every now and then, the jersey in your voice jumps out more than others. Is it what I'm talking about, Yellow Jackets? It was the talk. Oh, did I say? You said talk. Yeah, that's, I love it. That, that's one of them for sure. Shout out to all the New Jersey as the World people that are gathered right now in Clifton. Bust open pinata ditch. Oh my God. I'm so sad I couldn't go. So anyway. Crazy. Anyway. Greetings from Frog Hollow. It's been <laughs> nice to hang out here for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. It's actually been really nice to be given a reason to do kind of a deep dive into this thing that is such a part of my like cellular structure mm-hmm. that I've never done any real research into because I know right. it like the back of my hand and yeah. I never felt like I needed to, but that's it's... been the case with
1: a lot of the movies we've yeah. watched where I'm like, I just take it for granted that I know everything because it's been with me for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I should also say, um, also, if the audio sounds different this week for you guys, I'm not in my studio. Um, I'm just in an arts... She's in and- Frogtown Hollow. <laughs> I, 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 I'm in the Poconos, and <laughs> it is... I'm literally in a, like, wooden... It's not really wood-paneled walls, but it might as well be. It's like a very rustic lake house on the lake. Like, I'm overlooking... It's dark now, but I'm overlooking trees and a lake. Like, it Aww. is the closest that I'm ever going to be to uh frog hollow so it was really kind of nice to watch it here of all places yeah
0: yeah it definitely when they were skating on the river it made me sad because i know that it's not going to be cold enough to skate on the lake when i'm in new hampshire it's not going it's not going below freezing um
1: i just would never recommend skating on a lake so
0: it's like one of my favorite things to do.
1: That's so scary. Have you not watched Yellow Jackets?
0: I have watched Yellow Jackets, um, but I am not the size of a white moose, so I'm not going to fall in. All right. It's fine. All right. Well, happy holidays, everybody. We will see you in a week for a fun What Should You Do check out next year while we're waiting for all of our favorite shows <laughs> to come back. And uh Yeah thanks
1: so much for hanging out this year,
0: yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's I, been super fun. Uh, wow, I sounded really insincere. I'm just tired. It's
1: been <laughs> it's been so fun. fun. I've had a great It's been time. awesome. Yeah. Wow. wow.
0: What a good time we're having. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been the watchers. We'll see you next week.